you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everybody. It's Monday, November 13th, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. Coming up on the show today, we've got our biggest takeaways from week 10. We're also breaking down all the top performances and biggest disappointments from the weekend. How are you feeling now that we are mostly through week 10? I guess you're excited because your Bills play on Monday night. I am excited for my Bills. I am so happy to put week 10 behind us. The (laughs) buys have crushed a lot of my lineups this week, so I'm just ready to turn that page, hopefully with a Bills W, and move on to week 11. It was a rough week in the sense that we had a lot of great offenses that were off and a lot of key players that were unavailable. We do have another 16 bye week coming up, I think in week 13, I believe. And there's a week before that with no teams. no teams. It doesn't make sense. It makes zero sense to me at all. Uh, We will try to make sense, though, of things that happened in week 10. We'll get our biggest takeaways from the week. Our top performers we will take some of your fan questions and we will have our waiver wire targets with Matt Okada a little bit later on in the show. But let's get started, as we always do, with our fantasy headlines. Down in New Orleans, Derek Carr left the loss to the Vikings with a pair of issues, a right shoulder injury and a concussion. Now, according to Ian Rappaport and other sources, Carr says he hopes to return after the bye. The Saints are off in week 11. But I will say this. Derek Carr was struggling to get the ball to Chris Olave. Jameis Winston comes in. It takes him all of two throws to get Chris Olave involved, get him a touchdown. All seemed right with the world if you were Chris Olave manager. So while Dennis Allen has said Derek Carr is their guy, there's somewhere deep down in your heart that wishes we had Jameis right now. I've wished we've had Jameis since before the season started. <laughs> like I, I will take no shame in like the fact that I have been and always will be a huge Jameis Winston stand. I understand if you care about like winning football games, <laughs> maybe he's not your guy. But if you just want fun, there is no quarterback more fun than Jameis Winston. And that's the thing. Like if you have Olave. Rashid Shahid, Michael Thomas, any of these guys, I'd argue that it's better for them for fantasy with Jameis Winston. He's going to that throw that touchdown throw that he threw to A.T. Perry. That was ridiculous. No <laughs> other quarterback on the planet even attempts that. Jameis is throwing touchdowns on that. Like, it's just he's going to just have fun, throw the ball up there and get the most out of his guys for fantasy. I think it was uh, Ben Gretsch from uh, CBS who tweeted that, like, you know, usually you see a throw like that and it's like, uh, uh, you know, how many guys in this league could make that throw? <laughs> and it's like, well, a lot of them could, but how many guys in this league would make that throw? One. one. <laughs> James is the only one who would think about throwing a completely across the field into double coverage and just throwing a jump ball to his guy. To a rookie that I has not made an impact at all this year. Like You want to know how, how few people know A.T. Perry? I mean, Scott Hansen has a deep Rolodex of NFL players in his head. He saw the play and he said, Chris Olaf, wait, No. Huh. <laughs> like literally Scott Hanson had to pause and look, and I'm not sure if somebody said it in his ear or what, but he finally, after a couple of moments, came up with A.T. Perry. Uh, that's what it is. So uh, we'll see, by the way, Michael Thomas did leave that game early with an injury. 
something to monitor as the week goes along because maybe A.T. Perry ends up being sort of a deep waiver target uh, if Michael Thomas can't go. Now, mind you, again, the bye week is coming, so this might be a moot point when it's all said and done. Over to Atlanta where the Falcons made the decision to go with Taylor Heineke as the starting quarterback for his second straight week. That did not stick for four quarters because he injured his hamstring in the loss to the Arizona Cardinals and Desmond Ritter was back in our lives. Look, Taylor Heineke wasn't really lighting it up. He wasn't doing great things for the Atlanta pass catchers. So, I mean, Taylor Heineke, Desmond Ritter, does it even matter anymore? No, not really. I thought Heineke would be better because he throws it downfield more, but... Yeah, the, the, the lucky thing for us is that the Falcons are on bye next week, so we do not need to worry about Arthur Smith and if we could trust any of them, at least for one week. At least for one week. Although, you know, shout out to Arthur Smith. He gave Bijan Robinson 22 carries. I don't know if the weeks and months of peer pressure finally got to him, if he has somehow fallen uh, victim to toxic groupthink, air quotes right there. Uh, but he gave Bijan a bunch of carries. He had 95 yards. I mean, they still didn't win. But we were happy. That That's the thing. He's going to be like, we didn't win. We didn't win. Tyler Algier, you're back in Which there. is funny because like, they, they give Bijan carries and they don't win. They don't give Bijan carries they don't win. Maybe there's somebody else that's at fault here. Awkward <laughs> silence. Uh, okay. That's, that's enough of that. Over to the New England Patriots. They go over to Germany and uh, Guten Nacht, Patrioten. They lose to the Indianapolis Colts. Mac Jones had such a McCorkle throw near the end of that game that they put him on the bench in favor of Bailey Zappi. Not that Bailey Zappi was all that much better. He throws an interception to close the game out and get Indianapolis to win. So I'll ask you the same question uh, about the Patriots wide receivers that I did about the Falcons pass catchers. Does it even matter anymore who's quarterbacking New England? This matters even less because at least the Falcons have pass catchers that we feel good about for the Patriots. It's Ramondre Stevenson or bust, I think, moving forward for fantasy. And that Mac Jones throw was so bad. It might have been the worst throw I've seen. Like I was here, me and Patrick Claybaum were in the green room and like both of us were like, we had to make sure that we just watched. We were like, does that get tipped or like, no. And then like, yeah, it, it was just a talk around here. Everyone was like, I cannot believe that throw. Third time this year, he's been benched. It, it has to stick this time. I have never in my life seen a back shoulder throw to a defensive back. Because <laughs> that's what that was. It was a back shoulder throw to the corner who made a great play on the ball. I mean, you know, look, in in mag jones's defense uh, that that corner ran a great route you how could you not hit him on the numbers um <laughs> yeah i mean i'm with you like we were trying to make demario douglas a thing kendrick Bourne had kind of been a thing when he was healthy I, I just i just don't know that it matters um i guess if you're really hurting it tight end you can try and figure out how to stream hunter henry or mike gasicki but if if we're if we're doing the revolving door between mac jones and bailey zappy it just doesn't even matter caleb williams here we come does Caleb want? I mean, I know Caleb doesn't Hopefully really have not. a say. He doesn't really have a say in the whole matter. Uh, does he even want to go play for Bill Belichick and the Patriots right now? Who knows? All right. Let's get to some maybe better things. Uh, some things that we learned from week 10, our biggest takeaways of the week. And the game that was played right at SoFi, arguably the most entertaining game of the weekend. Uh, we got some really good news on the running back front. Look, I, I I had said to start Jameer Gibbs last week, but my confidence was wavering because, I mean, the fear was David Montgomery was back and just go, is going to go back to how it was earlier this season. Nope, they are both going to be just fine. 
Jameer Gibbs, 58% of the snaps, had more carries, 14 to 12, ran 21 routes, had five targets. David Montgomery did not have a single target. He had the long run salvage his day. But to me, the takeaway from this is like, you should feel better about Gibbs moving forward, I think, than Montgomery, because not only did Gibbs have the two touchdowns, but they were rotating drives. And when they got near the goal line, we weren't seeing Gibbs get pulled for Monty like we were earlier in the season. That is an interesting point. And I, I mean, I was excited as somebody, one who, has been wanting Jameer Gibbs to do big things, but also as somebody who has David Montgomery in several leagues that both of them were able to eat yesterday. Now it was, I think something like, uh, I think Gibbs played like 57% of the snaps and, and Montgomery was like 35, 36%, somewhere around there. I'm curious what happens next week when Montgomery has, you know, he's had a game under his belt. He's gotten a little bit healthier. Does that split get a little more narrow, but with the way the lions are moving up and down the field and scoring points, um, it might not matter. You start them both. You start them both. I mean, like, which best case scenario? Yeah. Who are you going to start over them? Like the running backs are extremely thin. Right. Too. I mean, you're going to start a Texans running back. <laughs> no. Uh, speaking of running backs, Jonathan Taylor looks like he's back to being a workhorse back. I mean, he played 89% of the snaps in that game against New England, had 88% of the rushing attempts. And you look at over the last two weeks where he's gotten a big, heavy workload. He's playing about 75, 76% of the snaps there, getting a ton of the rushing opportunities. He didn't have that big a snap share when he had his breakout season in 2021. I mean, he's only playing about 65% of the snaps in 21, uh, now getting even more opportunities here. So he's the guy going forward. He's getting plenty of opportunities. He hasn't been incredibly efficient, but the volume has been there. The other part of this is, I will tell you, if you have Zach Moss, don't drop Zach Moss. If you have the roster space to hold on to him, Hold on to him because he still has incredible handcuff value. If something happens to Jonathan Taylor, then we know Moss can step back into a big role and we know he can perform well. So as long as you have the space to kind of hang on to him, I would advise to not drop Zach Moss, put him back on your bench and just ride it out and see what happens uh, over the next couple of weeks. Um, Last week, I think I came on this show. I know I came on Fantasy Live and railed against people who dropped Trey McBride. It made no sense. It made no sense. Like 25,000 people at one point in one week had dropped Trey McBride. We were like, why are you? Is this a Clayton Toon thing? And we were validated <laughs> for telling people that. Oh, yeah. 21 fantasy points and 131 yards later for Trey McBride. He is a top seven fantasy tight end. And he's played three games without Zach Ertz. He had the one bad game with Clayton Toon. And the other two, he had the most yards by a Cardinals tight end since 1970 and the most catches ever by a Cardinals tight end in a game. Yeah, he's rewriting their history book in three games. But I, I put top seven because I was like, you can he could be even higher. But I have the top seven tight ends the rest of the way as Kelsey and Andrews and Hawkinson, I think, are set. Then you get the two rookies in, in Kincaid and uh, Sam Laporta, George Kittle, Trey McBride. I don't think there's another tight end in the rest in the league that I would take over him. I mean, the volume is incredible. I mean, this is the guy who was drafted to be their tight end of the future, and he has shown it ever since. Zach Ertz has been out. So at this point, look, you're riding with Trey or with uh, Trey McBride for the rest of the season. Don't drop him. What, what, are, you, what are you clown makeup? Don't drop him. <laughs> uh, last one here. Rashad White is an every week starter right now. Look, forget all the inefficiency because, right, he's not a very efficient runner. The, the run blocking is not very good there in Tampa. But 
He is doing it in other ways. You look over the last four weeks, Rashad White is the RB4 in PPR leagues because they are just throwing him short passes and letting him get out in space and work. He's had 45 or more receiving yards in four straight games. He's gone four straight games with 90 plus scrimmage yards overall. He's become a big part of what they do. And it just sometimes you just have to sort of reevaluate as the season goes along. But Rashad White has real legit RB1 vibes, even in an offense that's just sort of meh overall. Uh, And look, I'll take the L on this one. I was not a big Rashad White guy. I know you weren't either, but you know what? Like, I'm willing to admit that I was wrong. And he's a guy that, that should be in your lineup every single week. Coming up, we'll talk about some guys that hopefully were in your lineup this week because they went big and maybe some other guys that shouldn't have been in your lineup because uh, they were disappointments. We got that and more coming up here on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Looking at the top performers from Week 10, the Monday night game still to be played, but Dak Prescott uh, continuing to stay hot. 400 passing yards, four touchdowns, also a rushing touchdown, nearly 38 points for him. Brian Robinson, who did it mostly through the air, six catches, 119 yards, and a touchdown receiving almost 28 points for B-Rob. Keenan Allen continues to cook, man. I mean, we, we seem to overlook him, and every year he seems to do great things as long as he's healthy. 11 catches for 175 yards and two touchdowns. 40 and a half points for Slayer. TJ Hawkinson, who had 11 catches, 134 yards and a touchdown, 30 points there, and seemed to be doubled over in pain after every single play. So shout out to TJ Hawkinson for just literally gutting it out on Sunday. Couple of kickers with 17 points apiece, Matt Prater and Jason Myers. And the 49er defense, apparently upset about all the things being written and said about them during the three-game losing streak. They hammered the Jaguars and the Niners put up 20 fantasy points there. Let's talk about some of the guys who did go big, who may or may not have been on that list. And I'm running out of superlatives for Amon Ross St. Brown, but maybe he was energized. He was back home in Southern California, so that might have helped a little bit. He was amazing yesterday. Season high 156 yards, season high 30.5 fantasy points, and it could have been better because he had a catch where he got tackled in the one, and he looks like he wanted to fight Jared Goff. <laughs> like, I've never seen a wide receiver more mad at their quarterback after a completion than that play. He was slamming the ball down and stuff, but... I think Amon Ross St. Brown is getting overlooked a bit by how good Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown and CeeDee Lamb has been have been playing. He has scored at least 14 fantasy points in every single game this season. Uh, and multiple times, he's top 30, routinely tops 20. He is having one of the best wide receiver seasons, and it's kind of quietly going under the radar a little bit. Is Amon Ross St. Brown a first-round pick next year? He should be. <laughs> I mean... Because like this year, we were like sort of borderline like, oh, no, I'd rather wait till the second round. I feel like next year we're going to be talking about Amon Ra probably in that 10 to 12 range uh, at the tail ends or you're getting him probably in the, the, you know, the first part of the turn and coming back around. 
Dak Prescott. I know people like to poke fun at Dak Prescott. He is the subject of a lot of narratives with the interceptions and what have you. He had that awful game against the 49ers several weeks ago. Since then, has been balling out the 400 passing yards uh, and four touchdowns this past week. But since that loss to the 49ers, where the Cowboys just got straight up thumped, Dak Prescott only has two interceptions thrown. He has been over 20 points in his last four games, going back to before the bye even. And on top of he's doing it a little bit with his legs. Not a ton of rushing production, but he does have a couple of rushing touchdowns uh, since that loss to San Francisco. So Dak Prescott getting it done. Shout out to him. Shout out to most everybody in the Cowboys offense. We'll get to maybe somebody who uh, sadly doesn't get to join in the party there. But Dak Prescott over the last four weeks, the QB three behind Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, uh, just continuing to do big things. Speaking of doing big things in the state of Texas. Hello, Tank Dell. Yeah, on, on Fantasy Live, Cynthia has nicknamed me Tank Florio because yes. <laughs> I, I love the fact that he's called Tank and he's my size. Uh, but you can't measure hard, right? And that's what Tank Dell brings. 14 targets this past week. Uh, he only went for 56 yards, but he did score a touchdown, gave you nearly 19 fantasy points. Two straight games in a row that he's exploded. Four games this year with... 18 or more fantasy points and CJ Stroud right now leads the league in passing yards per game That's the thing the the Texans passing game has just blown up. They are amazing There might be some volatility because they're all so young, but I don't care like you're starting tank Dell You're starting Nico Collins. Noah Brown is in play as a flex option moving forward and CJ Stroud has become a must-start quarterback He he really has and uh, with with no Nico Collins tank Dell eight and even Noah Brown uh, has gotten some run the last couple. I should say I shouldn't say some run. He's been balling out the last two weeks uh, without Nico Collins, and everybody wants a piece of that Houston Texans offense. Not a thing I thought we were going to say at the start of the year. Sam Howell. I, I keep saying it like I I don't really know how he's getting it done, but he's playing really good football. And even though the Commanders lost to the Seahawks on Sunday. It's hard to really put any of it on Sam Howell. 312 passing yards, three touchdowns, led a drive near the end. Looked like maybe it was going to be uh, enough. It was not, unfortunately. But he's he is making plays with his arm, with his legs, uh, and spreading the ball out to a lot of his pass catchers. Now, I know it was not a great day for Terry McLaurin, but before that, McLaurin had been balling out. We saw Dehami Brown get involved. Curtis Samuel uh, is making plays. It's been hard to sort of pinpoint one commander's receiver, but uh, Howell is the one that's getting all the fit. You know, it's sort of like what we thought was going to happen in Jacksonville, where you know you were like, I don't know if I want a Jaguars receiver, but I want Trevor Lawrence because I'm going to get all those opportunities. And I think the same thing applies in Washington, where it's really hard on a week-to-week basis to figure out which commander's pass catcher is going to get it done. But Sam Howell is, is making plays. He did this yesterday despite the fact that Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson were held in check. His running backs gave him 150 receiving yards and two touchdowns. He's just finding ways every week to get it done. It was Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson who got it done in the passing game. Uh, Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, I guess rumors of Brock Purdy's demise were greatly exaggerated. It's so funny how it works, right? Like he gets Debo back, he gets uh, Williams it's back, Williams back. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden he looks like Brock Purdy again. Yeah, I understand he's one of those quarterbacks that like the situation has to kind of be perfect there in San Francisco for him to put up big numbers. But who cares when it's perfect in San Francisco right now? And that's the thing. I, I think Brock Purdy, as long as all of his playmakers are healthy and Trent Williams is healthy, is just a quarterback you could start each week and like. I have in our fantasy live team, I have him and Kyler Murray, who I also think is back to being a weekly starter each week. Now, it's going to be a fun problem to have, I guess, trying to figure out which one of those two, because I think both of them moving forward, you just plug in. 
Yeah, I mean, Purdy looked great. And, and look, I, I got the feeling that the 49ers spent the off week just being upset, just being angry about everything <laughs> that had happened the previous three games. Because let's be honest, they weren't playing well on both sides of the ball. Yes, they were missing some key pieces. They also just weren't playing as well as they did the first five weeks of the season. And I think they spent a lot of time just sort of internalizing it and making changes, making adjustments. Uh, and it showed. And the Jaguars, unfortunately, were the victims of what happened uh, during the bye week. Let's talk about Jamar Chase. Because I know we spent the whole week worried about the back injury and what his status was going to be. And then you know, we get the news that he's going to be active and he's going to play. And I don't remember who it was. Somebody posted a poll. It was like, will he be active? Like with an exclamation point? Or will he be active with quotes around it? Uh, he was active with an exclamation point. Five catches, 124 yards and a touchdown. And a reminder of why you just can't sit a guy like Jamar Chase. I know you got a lot of questions about it. I got a lot of questions. People were concerned. I get it. But I don't know any fantasy analysts out there who in their right mind said, yeah, you can't play him because there was always the possibility that this was going to happen with Jamar Chase. And I'm sure you got it as well. In the first half, I was getting a bunch of tweets because I tweeted in the morning, like if Jamar Chase plays for the Bengals, he plays for your fantasy team. And people were like, he's a decoy. And then that one long catch. And it's like, that is why you never sit him. It takes one play for him to have a huge game. Yeah, that's all it really takes. I mean, again, there are some guys you just sort of deal with because the ceiling is really, really high. Jamar Chase is one of them. So, uh, you know, I guess let this be a lesson. Uh, hopefully next week he's going to be healthier anyway. We won't even have to have this conversation. So those are the guys who went big. These are the guys who went small. This was supposed to be Tony Pollard week. I was told repeatedly. I said repeatedly this was going to be Tony Pollard week. It was not Tony Pollard week. Not only was it not Tony Pollard week, the Cowboys scored seven touchdowns. Six different players scored a touchdown. They had three rushing touchdowns. None went to Tony Pollard. Dak had one. Rico Dowdle had one. CeeDee Lamb had a rushing touchdown. The receiving ones went to Lamb, Gallup, Cooks, and Ferguson. It, it was just like a, a who's who of everyone could score a touchdown except for Tony Pollard. And to make it even more frustrating, he had one where he was tackled on the one and I was like, he got in. <laughs> they didn't challenge it. They scored on the next play. Uh, there was another time where he got multiple carries and got stuffed at the goal line. It is extremely frustrating. Uh, he has not lived up to expectation. He has come no. It, it's so frustrating that for years we were like, imagine what this guy could be if Zeke was gone. And he became Zeke once he got the opportunity. Like, he's just a plotter right now. And the worst part? He gets the Panthers next week. hundred percent should be back in your fantasy. Life. We're all, we're all going to buy back in next week, right? Cause he's got the Carolina Panthers. Their run defense is terrible. Uh, please just, just throw us a bone. Just, just give us, give us Tony Pollard in the end zone. That's all we're asking for. We don't ask for much. We're not being greedy. That's all we want. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. There was always the possibility that the 49er defense was going to figure something out and slow down Trevor Lawrence. I didn't think they would shut him down to the, the point of him having 2.1 fantasy points. Uh, he looked confused. They <laughs> sad music in my ear. Like, uh, in 2.1 fantasy points, he looked confused. He had to hold the football. They really crossed things up on him. He was under pressure consistently. Uh, again, the Niners figured some things out in the bye week and Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars were the unfortunate victims of that. Again, there, there was always the possibility that maybe it wasn't going to be a great number. I didn't think it was going to be that bad of a number you, for Trevor Lawrence. Do you want to hear some quarterbacks that outscored Trevor Lawrence? Sure. Tommy DeVito, Tommy DeVito had to be one of them, Zach right? Wilson, uh, Clayton Toon, <laughs> who both, like had one play basically, both Falcons quarterbacks and both Saints quarterbacks. Gah. 
That was rough for T-Law this week. Um, well, hopefully it gets R- better. Rough week on a rough year. It was. Like, it's, been, it's been an underwhelming year for Trevor Lawrence. I think we expected more, and it just it has not really materialized so far. That'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. Be sure to listen tomorrow. We're answering fan questions. Plus, Matt Okada is going to drop by with his top waiver wire targets. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good and live well. And we'll talk to you again real soon. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.